0: assignment this morning uh, that was given to me from Pastor Chad was to talk to you this morning about Holy Spirit as counselor. So, I want to start off by looking at John chapter 14, verses 15 through 16. And in John chapter uh, 14, it says this, that if uh, you love me, keep my commandments, and then verse 16 says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Counselor or advocate to help you and be with you forever. This is Jesus' promise to us uh, that was when he was getting ready to leave and ascend to heaven. That he encouraged the disciples and followers. Listen, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I am not going to leave you alone. But I am going to send one, and it will be the Holy Spirit, and he will serve to you as an advocate. And then it goes on to say, but the advocate. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, Jesus talking once again, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. That's John chapter 14, verse 26. So there's a promise that... That Jesus said before, I just want you to know, when I'm going to heaven, that there's something that's going to happen. As I go, the Holy Spirit's going to come, and it's going to be a relationship with you, where he's going to come. He's going to walk alongside you. He's going to be in you. He's going to direct you. He's going to comfort you. All kinds of things. The Greek word for comforter, or counselor, and Pastor Carlo next week will be addressing the subject of Holy Spirit as comforter. And today, uh, my responsibility is Holy Spirit as counselor. Anyhow, they both come from the same word, and it's called parakletos. It's a Greek word. And the form of this word, uh, and not to bore you, is, is unquestionably passive and properly means one call to the side of, the, of another, and which is the Holy Spirit has been called, given to us to, to not only uh, be in us, but to walk with us. The word carries, the word paracletus, or advocate, or counselor, the word carries a secondary notion concerning the purpose of the calling alongside. And the reason that we've been given the Holy Spirit is to counsel or to support the one who needs it. Who needs it. That's all of us this morning. It's all us. We all need the Holy Spirit. The Counselor, or paraclete as in English, is God the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, who's been called to our side. He is a personal be- being, and he dwells in every believer. It's just, a, just a couple of basic questions. So why do we need the Holy Spirit as Counselor? There is a natural, the word of God tells us, that there is a natural disconnect between our brain and the spirit of Christ. The Bible calls it a depraved mind. Over in Romans chapter 1, as I just kind of download some scripture for you, furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind. And this is Paul writing to the Romans, talking to them about the, the uh, condition of sin and as sin entered our world, so that they, would, that they do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. A a depraved mind is a mind that is sin-stained. And you and I, unfortunately, are born with a sin-stained mind. And so Paul is talking about this, and he's talking about when that mind is left unchecked. It goes on now in another part of the scripture over in Romans chapter 8, and verse 5, those who are dominated by, By the sinful nature or the sin-stained nature, think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about the things that please the Spirit. That's why you and I need to know Holy Spirit as counselor. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Not good. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. All right, let me try to just follow me and just this analogy for a moment to help you once again understand why we need so much to listen to Holy Spirit's counselor. Our physical brain belongs to what we call our soul. You often hear people, preachers, talk about body, soul, and spirit. Well, the soul is where our emotions are generated from. Our soul is where our memories are stored, good and bad. Our soul is responsible for human logic and or reasoning. So the question is this, what is so bad or wrong with that? And the answer is, our soul has been stained with sin and now has become damaged goods. So the definition of a depraved mind is marked by evil or corruption, as stated in Webster's Dictionary, and the answer is the born-again experience. In the Bible, it says this, where we can get our wisdom and godly counsel from. Over in James chapter 1, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. James says, "If if any of you lack wisdom... There's a place to go, and it's to God, and he will give generously to all without finding fault. So, we talk about Holy Spirit, talk about Holy Spirit as as a counselor and in wisdom. So, the question is, how do we get it? How do we know that we know that we know we have it? How does it work? Just basic questions to any subject. The book of Acts is one of the best reference points we have for being led by the Spirit. I want to preface everything about what I'm about to say with this reminder. Because I'm going to reference about three or four activities that took place in the book of Acts that will give us a case in point as Holy Spirit as counselor. How he counseled the the early church, and I suggest that he wants to counsel us in, in many different ways as well. The disciples, first of all, and this is the reminder I want to say to you, is that the disciples and the 120 in the upper room... You need to remember this this morning before you start wandering off too much about Holy Spirit activity. You need to remember that all the disciples in the 120 in the upper room all had a personal encounter with a resurrected Christ. And that's the point this morning. I need to make that clear this morning. Have you, and it's a question, have you had a personal encounter with a resurrected Christ? It is so important that when I ask a question like that, or Pastor Chad, or Pastor Carlo, or any of us ask that question, that you are able to answer with a resounding yes. If not, then before this day is out, you need to talk to one of our prayer team members and just let them know and say, I would love to have a personal encounter with the resurrected Christ. So in the book of Acts, as we're going to look at the, the people in the book of Acts for just a few moments, we are finding people that have all had an encounter with a resurrected Christ, and they are held accountable to each other. They had seen him. They had heard him. And that's why they had gathered in a downtown Jerusalem upper room. They were, they were there because... He had told them to go there, 120, 12 disciples. Jesus said to those before he sent the Holy Spirit, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised, but stay here, Jerusalem, in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. So, asking you the question, what will he do? What will the Holy Spirit do? What won't he do? Well, I'll tell you a few things. There are other, but let me tell you some basic things. Number one, he won't speak for you. The Holy Spirit won't speak for you, but he will give you words to speak. He will give you words to speak. He won't speak for you, but he will give you words to speak. Uh, He won't lay hands on people. The Holy Spirit won't lay hands on people, but he will release his power through you so you can lay hands on people and see the sick recovering, people delivered. He won't step out in faith for you, but he will release supernatural faith in you, so you can take the steps of faith. That's what he will do for us individually if we let him. So there are some examples of the Holy Spirit's counsel from the Book of Acts. The first one is found over in chapter chapter three. Uh, This is the one where uh, uh, Peter and John are going up to the temple. It looks like this was just a routine day for them. And as they go up to the temple and they see a uh, beggar who had probably been there for a long time, we pick up on verse 6, and it's at this point, it's at this point that the Holy Spirit, as counselor, speaks to Peter and to John. And in particular, Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee and the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. It was an incredible miracle that takes place, and many people get saved because of it. This section over here, section number one, I want you to say after me, silver and gold have I none do it again. Silver and gold, have I none? Okay, please stay on your toes, because when I point to you, I want you all to say that, okay? Thank you. Silver and gold, have I none? Okay, another thing that happens in the book of Acts. It's found over in uh, uh, chapter, I believe it's chapter 5, and it's the story of Ananias and Sapphira uh, and the, the Bible tells us that uh, these two people, husband and wife, they tried to deceive the disciples at that time. And the Holy Spirit, as counselor, gives discernment to the leaders of the church at that time. And we find on verse uh, 4 and 5, this is what happens. And once again, you... Need to look at these chapters in length and find the full story. Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? One of the disciples said, and after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? Holy Spirit working as counselor, giving them discernment. You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. And when Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Wow. Okay. All right. So... Holy Spirit, as counselor, he can give some powerful words. And in this case, the words were discernment, and they, they snuffed out a rat within the church. All right, okay, number number three. Once again, I'm giving to you examples from the Scripture that, that are reflective of Holy Spirit as counselor and how, how he worked in the early church and how he spoke to the, to the individuals and giving them either faith or discernment or other direction. Uh, and Acts chapter six, there was a dispute over who was going to serve tables. And uh, what happened is that there was, uh, uh, there was some needs that were going on, and it, was, it wasn't, uh, uh, you know, things weren't all about going to church. I mean, there were needs to be met, and there was some confusion, and some people were being neglected. And so like it was like, oh, my goodness, what is going to happen? And so in chapter 6, we find this scripture, and it talks about how uh, the, the men and the women of that day uh, were counseled by the Holy Spirit. So here's what it says, brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility to over to them and we'll give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. I, what, what astounds me here, and this is a word for all of us, is that the people that were called to wait on tables were to be full of the spirit we to be full of the Spirit. But it was the counsel of the Holy Spirit that gave to them, and it brought certainly peace uh, and, and order, and certainly we need the Holy Spirit's counsel for that in any day in church. Then number four. Here's another one. The man from Macedonia. Uh, and this was a time of uh, uh, indecision for Paul. He and his uh, uh, traveling team, uh, they were on a missions trip, and they were headed uh, uh, probably in the area of going to a place called Mycenae. Uh And so as they were uh, going there in the middle of the night, the Holy Spirit uses a messenger from heaven to speak and to give counsel to Paul. And says, but again... Uh, in verse, the last part of verse 7. But again, the spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went on through Mycia to, to the seaport of Troas. And then in verse 9, that night... Paul had a vision. How many know that the Holy Spirit does give visions? The Holy Spirit does give counsel to his children through visions. And so it says that night Paul had a vision and a man from Macedonia in in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. History tells us, History tells us that because of Paul's obedience, this particular chapter in in, in Scripture was, and this decision was very conducive for seeing the gospel come to the Western world. That was very important to you and I. But it was the counsel of the Holy Spirit that came to them, in particular to Paul, through, through a vision one night as they were just seeking God, which way do you want us to go? Then there was another one that takes place in chapter 16. Uh, And it's later on, I believe, in the same chapter about Paul and Silas in prison. And the Bible says this, that while they were in prison and locked up, and this is how the Holy Spirit... Counselled them while they were in prison. And about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. It was an incredible moment. It was earthquake, chains coming loose, I mean doors flying open. But it was the counsel, the Holy Spirit, to Paul and Silas said about midnight, I want you to start singing praises. So, this section right here, are you ready? I don't want you to fall asleep on me. Your section, the word for you is Hallelujah. Say it for me now. Ready? Hallelujah. Get ready, say it again. Hallelujah. And this section over here, your words are? Spiritual. All right, now it's kind of weak. Say it again. Spiritual. And this section over here? Hallelujah. All right, okay, good. And that night, the Holy Spirit spoke. And we referenced that a moment ago. There are times that it's, it's the best solution for you and I is to allow the praises of God to be on our lips. Here's another one in Acts chapter 27. I'm moving right along quickly. This was when Paul and his team, they were uh, prisoners and uh, they were in a ship. And uh, it looked, uh, the captain of the ship had not paid attention to Paul. And as a result, uh, they were in the middle of a storm. And uh, uh, things were certainly not looking good. Matter of fact, there was uh, impending uh, danger. And so here's what happens while Paul is on the ship uh, with uh, the rest of the people as prisoners. Uh, Verse 23 of Acts 27 says, last night an angel uh, of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. Once again, how Holy Spirit uses visions and, and, and dreams and sends uh, different communications to us. He says, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. Everybody in the boat. So keep your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. And this is Paul speaking to to the captain and to the ship. Then in verse 31, a few verses down, because what happens, the ship, everybody, as far as the crew is concerned, they know the ship is going to be destroyed. This is not good. They can tell. And so what they try to do, the sailors try to lower the, uh, the rescue boats uh, uh, down and, and get away, the lifeboats. They try to, to lower the lifeboats because they're going to leave the prisoners. They're going to get killed at sea, so they thought. And then they're going to flee to shore by the boats. So Paul, who's got the counsel of the Holy Spirit, he knows what they're up to. And he says, hey, no way, no way. Don't you do that. My God says that We are all going to be saved here, but you got to stay in the boat. And so what happens... Because they believed Paul, and he had a word from the Lord. They cut the ropes, and lifeboats go drifting off. And then Paul said to the centurion and his soldiers in verse 31, unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. Stay with the ship. Your words, right here in this section, just in case. I can tell some of you got glassy eyes. Okay. All right. Are you with me? Okay. Your words are stay with the ship. Ready? One, two, three. Stay with the ship. Say it again. Your word over here is what? Here. And your word over here is what? Silver and gold. Come on, yes, silver and gold. How many feel like you don't have any silver or gold? That's, I know, that's, okay, right, okay. Okay. The need for our minds to be renewed is huge, folks. And you can hear scripture, and you can be in church for a long time, but I'm telling you, the, the need for us all to be daily renewed is, is huge. And therefore, I urge you, brothers, Paul says to the church in Romans, he says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy uh, and pleasing to God. This is your true and, and, and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Be, be transformed, be renewed. Uh, by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and and, and perfect will. This past summer, uh, I had a lawnmower that I've had about 10 years and it was a Briggs and Stratton lawnmower. Uh, and uh, one day I noticed my wheel was kind of wobbling. Matter of fact, it wasn't one day. It was probably, probably months I noticed the wheel was wobbling. And finally, I decided that I, I need to have somebody come over to the house. And for those that know Julius Caracas, Julius is, man, he's this, this handyman. He's a mechanical guy. So he comes over, and I said, Julius, look, at I got this, this wheel that's wobbling on this lawnmower. And he starts looking at my lawnmower. He says, you know, Pastor, he says, I think we can tighten it up. So he goes in his little kit, and he gets a wrench, and he tightens up. He says... Man, he says, Yeah, that's no problem. So phew, I'm thinking, this is good. I got my lawnmower fixed. And so while while it's up, Julius is looking down and he's he's saying, Pastor, did you ever sharpen your blade on your lawnmower? I says, I said, No, I, I never sharpened my blade. He says, Oh, Pastor, he says, You're just knocking the grass over. You're not cutting lawn. And, and 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 so so he makes me go out and get a file. And so he shows me and he sharpens my blade. Well, so so then while he's got the lawnmower up. He's looking at my gas filter, and he's and it's all clogged. And he says to me, he says, Pastor, he says, did you ever change your gas filter? I said, No, I never changed my gas filter. And he says, Oh, Pastor, he says, I gotta tell you, it's only a miracle that your lawnmower's working. (laughs) And 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 so so then what happens? That I finally I go out to Canadian Tire, I get myself a a, a gas filter, and and then uh, the next morning, I'm at having breakfast, and I get a phone call from Julius. He said, Pastor, I was just wondering. He says, have you ever changed the oil in your lawnmower? And, and I said, no. I said, I don't change the oil. I said, when it gets low, I just pour some more in. And, 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 and so, so he just shakes and says, Oh, he says, Pastor, if I told my friends what you have done to that lawnmower, he says, and the neglect that you've given to that lawnmower, they would indeed say it was a miracle that your lawnmower runs. So, but after I did all of that, there was just something inside of me that really, now I wanted to remove the, the dried grass. And, and I started to, to, to wipe down all the, the old grease and so forth. And now my lawnmower looks new. My lawnmower looks new. And, and my lawnmower now runs like a cat. Matter of fact, the first time that I tried it, once I put the gas filter in, is, is that I had primed it too much. And so when I pulled out the cord, it smoked like crazy. Because it was too much. It was too rich. But the point that I'm saying to you today is that some of you have filters that need to be replaced. What I'm saying, some of you need your oil changed. Some of you need your oil changed. And, and you know, some of you need your blade sharpened. You know what Julius makes, makes me do now? He, he's not there, but I can feel his presence. So, so every time that I mow my lawn, I got to tip my lawnmower over and take the file and I sharpen the blade. I just go over it again because I want to keep it sharp because I want to cut my lawn. I don't want to knock it over. I just want to know. But I want you to know that today, even though it's cold and it's hibernating, that my lawnmower sits looking like a fine specimen and can't wait to spring to come to cut the lawn. Okay. Just one more illustration I've got to leave with you today. There are times that the Holy Spirit comes and, and, and somehow has a wonderful way of Taking us when we're going one direction and getting us to go the other direction. And, and I'd like to say this, this, this point is called misguided agendas. And, and, and I've had misguided agendas. <clears throat> and I just want to share something that happened to me this week, and I really believe that this is going to be encouragement to you as well. So that this past week, I was, I was aware that there was a ministerial meeting going on in Kitchener, Waterloo, and I wanted to go over there because I wanted to see what's going on. I heard some good things, and so I thought I'd go, and, and I wanted to talk to one of, the, uh, one of the lead pastors over there and kind of pick his brains, just find out, you know, what's going on, and maybe there's something that we can kind of share back and forth between Stratford and there and so forth like that. So as I get the notification about this ministerial, I notice that they are going to have a special speaker from St. Thomas. And when I started reading about the, the, the speaker, I thought, oh, man, I am really not interested in listening to the speaker. I only want to go to hear this, and I want to touch base with this, this key pastor over there so I can just find out. And then I read, and he starts talking about some kind of love language and all this kind of thing. And, and I thought, okay, it looks like I'm going to have to sit through this thing, endure this boring talk. So, So I go to the meeting, And it's a great meeting, and the speaker gets up and starts talking. And as soon as they start talking, I think, hmm, this is kind of interesting. And this pastor has planted a church over in St. Thomas, and and what they have felt as they've listened to the counsel of the Holy Spirit, they have felt that we should, as a church, add value to people's life. Anything that the church does should add value to people's lives. I thought, wow. They, they said, we don't believe that it should be we just go around meeting needs. It says often we think that, right? Church should meet needs. But this person said, no, we believe the Holy Spirit spoke to us that whatever we do should add value to people's lives. So this person, they bought they up. Bought Bar downtown. St. Thomas didn't have the money, and, uh, and, and God works it out and drops the, you know, drops the amount, and, and, and money starts coming in. It's just, just this incredible story, and I'm thinking, well, you know, this is not so bad. You know, I'm, I'm glad he did come and listen to this person. Well, then, then um, this person talks about that last October, they were about $20,000 short, and they were uh, looking for, uh, how are we going to get this money? We're not going to make it to the end of the year. And so, um, as the speaker pointed out to us, many of the people that attend this church are from the street people. They're marginalized people. You know, they've they're, they got messy lives. Uh, you know, they need a lot of work and all this kind of stuff. But this person man, we love them. We love them, and we look for forward uh, how we can add value to their lives. And so, so when the need went out and the pastor said, um, we have $20,000 that we need, and we need you to really dig deep. And so, so the one uh, street person went to wherever they were staying or friends were and, 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 and went and collected an offering. And so when they came back, they had a bag. They had a bag, and they had 28 cents in it. Had 28 cents. And of course, you know, the pastor thought, well, man, that's mean that's not really gonna go very far. That's not really gonna help us. But somehow, word got out. Word got out about the 28 cent challenge. And and people started sending in 28 cents. And it started coming from all over North America. People heard about it, and they started sending $0.28. Cents. Well, man, by the time it was done, they raised their money over $20,000. $20,000. <laughs> you know, and I'm thinking, okay, well, I guess it was, it was good that I went there. And, and, and heard, heard the speaker. So after, after the speaker's done, I go up, and I'm headed for the person I want to talk to. And, and I want to go see them and, and just, you know kind of connect. So I talk to them, and he kind of brushes me off, and, and, uh, you know, maybe I'll get to, I don't know, it doesn't matter. So after I'm done talking with him, the speaker comes up to me. The speaker comes up to me with a smile on their face, and says, Charlie Swartwood. <laughs> she says, I remember you. It was a she. She said, I remember you from I Camp. And she says, I remember the blessing that you were to my life. I tell you, at that moment in time, I felt so rebuked. I felt so humbled. I mean, I felt about this high because I think, God, you know, I was not interested in hearing this speaker. I wanted to go someplace else with this kind of thing, but the Holy Spirit came in and he laid that one on me. And I, I mean, I was honored, but I want you to know at that time, I was humbled, but I heard the word from the Lord. And I want you to know that even though we have agendas and we get going different directions, the Holy Spirit has the ability, has the ability to get us where he wants to get us. So your word over here, your word, because I don't want you to be left out. Your word is Charlie Swartwood. Say it. Swartwood. All right, do that. Okay, all right, do that again. Your word over here is. So cool. that. All, right. all right, and your word over here is. All right. all right, and your word is. Stay with the ship, stay it again. Stay with the ship. Your word is. Right. Your word is. Oh, come on, say it with feeling, Charlie Swart That's good. That's good. Let's all stand. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your presence. We thank you, Father, for your leading. Lord, it it is the song that we sing today as we leave this place. You can have it all. You can have it all. So, Father, as a congregation, as a people, we say, here it is. Here it is. Take us. Use us. Whatever situation we may face this week, we look forward to the counsel of the Holy Spirit. We look forward to prison doors open. We look forward to miracles happening. We look forward to seeing uh, salvages of ships, Lord, rescued. We look forward to seeing you take our agendas and using them for your glory and for your honor. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed.